This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome in. It is another edition of Fifth Avenue Faceoff, 93.7 The Fan and Odyssey's Pittsburgh Hockey Podcast, where we talk all things Penguins, all things hockey, and you put them both together, this is what you get. I'm Chris Mack, at the Chris Mack on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, however you get it, via your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, whether you get it through iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Amazon, however you get it, subscribe, and then do us a favor. Leave a rating and a review as well. Give us a little chef's kiss five-star rating and a positive review as well. We would appreciate it. Micah Blake McCurdy of HockeyViz.com. He takes all those stats. I'm going to go boomer for a second here. Oh, advanced analytics, huh? I'll show you. He takes all of them, puts them in pictures. We talked to him in a couple minutes, plus Wes Crosby of NHL.com. But as we do a couple times a week, we check in first with our guy, Eric Tangrady. Tango. Uh, looking good. First of all, you got the golf clothes on today because it's good weather in Western PA. Uh, and also looking good for uh, considering we stayed up late to watch some hockey last night, West Coast hockey. Um, last night, let's start with this. A win over the Sharks, a 3-1 win in the Shark Tank. I kind of come at it from a win is a win. I'm not going to worry about style points, but is it necessarily a good sign um, that we're? It still feels like we're missing something. You know, giving up a, an odd man rush to start the game, uh, giving up uh, what felt like some tilted ice at times last night. What's your takeaways uh, from the shark, the win over the Sharks to wrap up the Western Con- or the Western Coast swing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was exactly the same. You know, we'll call it schedule type of game as the Anaheim game. Like you knew there wasn't going to be a ton of life in the building. Um, it's kind of a, a different team going through a rebuild you're supposed to win. And then, you know, we look at the first period of Anaheim to kind of see like, this is what this team is capable of. And then to have them do that, uh, kind of, you know, just kind of wait for the game to come to them against San Jose. Um, again, it was, there's some positives, there's lots some negatives, there's some concerns, but like you said, two points, like we're still rolling along, like 
ahead of schedule of like I think what maybe their expectations were of a road trip and what our expectations were as well. So it's hard to, um, you know, hard to to, to kind of to, to deter from. Hey, we'll take these points no matter how we get them, and then they they got them. But I, I agree, right. there was you know still missing that jump energy life that I think we're all kind of waiting to to, to to see. Yeah, I mean you're right. You gotta you gotta be happy that they take advantage of getting two points on a night where Washington loses. Uh, where uh, let's see what else do we? Oh, the Islanders lost as well. Uh, they got a, a loser's point against Ottawa. Uh, Florida loses. So creating some distance between yourself and the teams that are trying to chase you down uh, in the standings. And they've got games in hand over just about everybody in that Eastern conference playoff race too. So you feel good about that. Definitely. I wonder from in this kind of a backwards perspective to take on it, but is it, is it one of those things where you go out West, you win two of three uh, first four games out of the break, including the one over Colorado, you got six points. You're feeling so good that maybe management doesn't feel like they need to take a big rip at the trade deadline. Or do you think maybe it's still obvious, given the way these games have been played, that there's still there's still some plaster that's got to be put up on a couple holes in the walls? Yeah, I think it's still obvious. Um, you know, interviews are great, but at the end of the day, like we're never really going to know what the kind of the cards that Hextall and that management staff holds. But um, to me, from an outsider looking in, like if they don't, they don't make a move, a move that makes their team better. It makes me question and wonder if we're kind of in this holding pattern of like we're kind of in a rebuild, but we're also kind of we want to win. Um, right. I do think they have the pedigree and pieces to like make noise and, and and do something in the playoffs. But when you know, I don't know if you were able to tune into that Dallas uh, Dallas Boston game last night, but. That's oh my different goodness. hockey. It, it was just like it was like watching two different hockey teams in different yeah. leagues playing. Um, so we always talk about like Boston. Can we get through Boston? But get through Boston. Like it, it's just a matter of like if if we if you don't think you can win and run for and to make a run, like and maybe be sellers. I don't know. I, I'm kind of indifferent about just kind of like just the just continuing this just make the playoff streak of versus like we still have Crosby and Malkin, which you could argue prime coming out of prime Latang, but like wasted years if we don't take advantage of that yeah and that's you know I, I i still think it's in take a big swing at things and see where you end up uh at that point you know if you fall short you fall short it's another swing for the fences during the crosby malkin latang era and i'm okay with that speaking of of the the leadership on this team you you saw it at the end of the king's game uh, we didn't really touch on it much on Monday, but at the end of the Kings game, Sid gets into it. And then he seemed to have a little extra fire, a little extra spice in his step last night as well. Coming out, you know, he goes after a couple people early. Nothing between whistles, really, but just, you know, finishing checks. Um, when you see your guy, your captain, who's not necessarily known for that kind of play at any level, come out with with that, is that... I guess maybe the 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 equivalent of the smelling salts under the nose where you go, okay, yeah, if he's if he's finishing checks, we we better wake up and get moving here, boys. Yeah, I mean that that to me is like that's that's what makes Sid one of the greatest leaders of all time, right? Like he has the versatility to like, you know, I was a part of the team when he went through like all those concussions and watching mm -hmm. him come back. Like for him to go ahead and put himself out there to be aggressive and physical, like he doesn't need to run into anybody, but he's only doing that for really one purpose is to show his team. Like I care, I'm all in, like, let's get everybody else bought in. Um, it's funny when I watched that and saw that, it made me think like, 
they had to have had some sort of locker room meeting or team meeting talking about, um, you know, dedication, guys like being, being willing to play early in games. Like, like we talked about somebody going out and getting a hit and setting the tone, like, okay, like if no one's going to do it, like let's watch our captain do it. And that, like, that's the type of stuff that rallies and brings teams closer together. But yeah, right. When I saw that, I'm like, they must've talked about something in that locker room. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and even after the first shift last night against the sharks, it felt like, man, are they, are they really going to do this? Are they going to come out sleepy again? And Sid's second shift, he goes out. He, I couldn't, re- I can't remember who he finished a check against, but he finished one off. And all of a sudden, you felt like they woke up a little bit. And Raquel scores a couple. I mean, less than a minute later, and you went, okay, they at the very least woke, you know, woken up to the task. Um, and the the other thing is, despite the fact that the uh, the top line, Crosby, Gensel, and Raquel looks good, and and Gino's line, Jason Zucker had a great chance uh, last night as well. The power play now has devolved just a little bit since the All-Star break. I think one of 12 out in California. Uh, they went 0 for 1 in the first game back against Colorado. So uh, despite how strong they went into the break, I mean, it, working on the power play has to be as much about chemistry as anything else. And when you take a week off, you've got I, – I don't know. You tell me. Do you have to find Do you have to find that chemistry again, or should it be like riding a bike even after a week off? Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, no, you got to find that chemistry and practice, honestly, is where you get all your confidence from your power play because it's, you know, things are more structured. You lose a puck, you turn it over, coach throws another one in there. Like a power play, we always talk about if we're not scoring, we're creating momentum. And if you're doing neither of those, it can actually be deflating to a team. Um, So it's hard to go on this trip with minimal practice time, you know, travel in between games and try to just find a spark on your power play. How you usually do that is you're a shoot first, have a shot first mentality and everything gets to the net problem with that is is the penguins top unit is built off of being skilled and finding seams and lanes and all that good stuff like they don't have that shea weber on the on the or the ovechkin on the wall to just say all right want to just simplify this power play let's just start pounding pucks from the flanks like they don't really have that so um for me i I would agree with like the seven days off they, they do need some quality practice time to get the touches the chemistry and all those things back What's the balance there then for Sullivan? Because, you know, they've got six games in 10 days, starting with the one against uh, the Islanders in New York on Friday. They've got a day. I, I believe there's a travel day after the Sharks game. So they're traveling back as we're recording this, I believe. And then I would guess they've got they've got practice time lined up, I know, for Thursday. But I also wouldn't be surprised, being that it is the stretch run, you've got the oldest team in the league that Mike Sullivan might say, hey, we call it off for Thursday. We don't know that yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. What's more important at this point in the season? Is it finding that chemistry on special teams? Is it allowing your guys to keep the legs fresh? Yeah, that's where the coaches do a great job. I I would expect them after a long travel kind of flush the legs out. I would assume they would practice Thursday, probably be a light, you know, more of a flow up and down. And, and I would assume they would definitely get some power play touches in and then make 
you know, that Friday morning skate optional for the guys. But, um, yeah, no, I, what I would expect to see out of them on, on the road Friday. Oh, we lost Eric for just a second. Uh, we'll see if we can get him back in. Yeah, I, that's that's a, it's a big thing for Mike Sullivan is how does he manage things? Oh, we got him back. There's Tango. Uh, sorry, bud. Oh, no, we lost him again. Uh, Wi-Fi or uh, internet connection wreaking havoc for us right now here on Fifth Avenue Face Off with Eric Tang Grady. It's a particularly windy day out there in Western Pennsylvania. So who knows if that has it? Does wind affect Wi-Fi signals? Uh, there's a good question. We'll dig into that with somebody much smarter uh, than myself or anybody else uh, that we have on the podcast today. No offense to Michael Blake McCurdy, Wes Crosby, or Eric Tangrady, but there's a valuable question. Does wind play a part in Wi-Fi signals? I don't know. It probably, you know, I'm going to just throw that out there and people can decide if that's if that's a thing. or You know, give us feedback. There you go. When you're leaving your reviews on the podcast, tell us if that has anything to do with it. All right, we got Tango back here. I think um, uh, I, I was just talking, Eric, uh, we were before we lost you for a second about, you know, what Mike Sullivan's strategy would be going into Thursday practice. You said probably skate him a little bit on Thursday, give him a real light optional if anybody wants it on Friday uh, before they head out for what, like I said, is the first of six games in 10 days and a chance really to put more distance between themselves and the teams that are chasing them down because a couple of these, for example, are against the Islanders. Yeah, no, and, and what I when I got cut off there, I was kind of about the power play. What I'd like to see on a road game against the Islanders is like a shot first mentality. I'd like to see that first mm. power play. Let's get three to five shots, regardless if they're grade A scoring chances. But let's just like to open up penalty kills in the National Hockey League. Everything comes off of a shot. Um, but to go to your point of you know the, the, that many games in the upcoming schedule, like it's got to be simplified. It has to be all four lines. I know beating a dead horse, but like. That is the way this team has to, to progress and move forward is they have to get production from all four lines because there's just no way you can play your top six 20-plus um, minutes a night in that stretch with travel. Yeah, they're going to have to find the depth and hope the depth does its job. One, one more quick thing before we let you run. We talked a lot about goaltending the other day. Casey DeSmith showed up big. Um, he's He's gotten a run of starts in a row here around the break. It's They keep saying Tristan Jari's getting closer and closer to coming back, but – Regardless of when Jari is healthy and back and taking over the starting job again, I guess, do you look at the performance against the Sharks or the one coming out of the break against the Avalanche and say, okay, I'm feeling better about the goaltending situation. I don't necessarily need to think about looking at something at the deadline. I don't suspect Ron Hextall is going to look for goaltending at the deadline. I think that's way down his list of priorities, but we've talked about it enough. And I'm just curious what your take is on how DeSmith looked against the Sharks. Yeah, no, and we've gone, I mean, it, it's been a topic we've gone back and forth on. I mean, I felt like they set him up for failure to play him in that game against L.A. back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, that was just kind of setting him up for a recipe to fail. And then we you kind of asked, you know, how, do you think that that's enough to get through a boss? And I didn't feel that confidence. But, again, this is more of like coming in a couple of days off. He, I feel like he truly is building off of the success he's had over the last couple of weeks. And now this is a sample size, right? Like, can we, can you be consistent uh, in, in having this effort? Like he's making close to 40 saves in, in, in three of his four starts. Like that's pretty impressive stuff. That's the type of goaltending. That's what we want to see when we have competition between goaltenders is like, right. who's going to grab this 
you know, by the horns and run with it. So I think he's doing that. I just don't want to see him play any more back-to-backs because I just feel like that's setting them up for failure moving forward. Yeah, they've got to have things you would hope in place by the time they get the back-to-back this weekend against the Isles and the Devils. And then another one next weekend, which the second half of the back-to-back, which they've not done well in, is against Tampa. So two very important second half of back-to-back situations in the next 10 days or so. Eric, we'll let you run. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll catch up with you again next week, and we'll be in the middle of this stretch that we keep talking about of six games in 10 days and see how they're reacting to it and uh, perhaps building a little bit more of a cushion between themselves and those teams chasing them down. Thanks for the time today, man. No, thank you. I'm excited for this weekend set of games. I mean, we're talking two four-point games. Um, this is the type of hockey where you can establish yourself like we're back. So I'm pumped. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Thanks. Sounds good, Tango. We'll talk to you soon. Great stuff from Tango again today, as always. Uh, As I mentioned, we'll catch up with him again a couple times next week. And we'll see, I think, if this team starts to simplify some things, as he put it, and plays, I don't know, more playoff-style hockey. Uh, Certainly allowing multiple odd man rushes in the first and third periods of games is not playoff-style hockey, as they did against San Jose. But again, two points in the standings is two points in the standings. Uh, we'll see if they can continue to pile up two points at a time against Eastern Conference opponents. And we'll talk to a guy who sees them plenty, Wes Crosby, the other Crosby on Twitter. Uh, He joins us from NHL.com next here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.